I thank you, Lord, for the gospel message, not just to be something that's understood in mind, but to be taken deeply into the heart in truth, in spirit, in your love, and for all the fullness of the gospel to be expressed through our children. Lord, I pray that you would come upon them even today, like you did in the first service, with impartation of those laying on of hands and healing, those that would speak prophetic words, words of knowledge and words of wisdom, those that would have compassion and supernatural compassion that breaks heavy yokes because Jesus is in the compassion. We bless our children to prosper spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a happy Easter. <clears throat> if you're like me when I was growing up, not every Easter was happy. I couldn't put my hands on the picture. I asked my mom to give it to me. Maybe I'll show it to you some other time. But there's a picture of us in Dexter. I was maybe six years old. My younger sisters were sitting on the, uh, the washing machine. <laughs> and, and we are all in our Sunday best. But our faces are not showing our Sunday best. We are crying, screaming. You can hear the screams through the picture. And I just want to say that no matter what it takes to get here, God is just honoring you for being here today. He is pouring out His Spirit in a way that is setting free and permanently free. I bless you with that. There's a guy in Jesus' inner circle that could not say Happy Easter, at least on the first Sunday when Jesus appeared. 20th chapter of John, verse 24, Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. There's a part that Jesus encounters us. There's a way he encounters us when we're alone with him. Jesus said so in Matthew 6. When you shut the door, when you're behind closed doors in secret, he calls it the secret place, he meets us and then he promises us an open reward. But there's a part that comes in what we're doing right now, gathered together, where he is in our midst. It's a part that Thomas failed to take advantage of in that first Sunday. He wasn't with the others. And I'm just saying, I feel the prophetic is here today. There is such an encounter that Jesus wants to have with us today. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or even if you call yourself a Christian. There's an encounter that Jesus Christ wants to have with us today. Thomas goes on to say, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This is the origination of the saying, seeing is believing. I just am testifying, my first Sunday out of the womb, back in 1977, do the math, 46, I'll save you, 46 years young, I was in church, yet at six years old, I was still on the washing machine crying my face out. <laughs> Happy Easter, Josh. There have been a lot of times where I've put an expectation on how God should move. And he hasn't 
performed come through in the way that I, I thought he should? In other words, I was saying, God, if you move in this way, I'll believe. But if you don't, I'll walk around in sadness. More accurately, I'll walk around with my heart unfulfilled. Anxiety, fear, bitterness, shame, guilt. The shoe fits me. Both shoes, all ten shoes. <laughs> and to some extent, it fits all of us. But he is saying he is here today to encounter us in a way that defies our expectations, that goes beyond the limits that we've put on him, goes way above what we could exceedingly and abundantly imagine. It's an encounter that's defined by heaven, not by our own minds and our limitations and our imaginations. Are we willing to let him move the way he wants to move? We learn in Thomas that he was not. Thomas was not. I was not. And if you're honest, there's been times in your life, maybe even in this season, where you're not letting God move the way he wants you to move, the way he wants to move through us, and the way he wants to move in us. For Thomas, there was a question mark around the cross. Some people call doubt him doubt, doubting Thomas I call him Fearful Thomas because it goes deeper than the doubt that we might see on the surface. This is the same Thomas that a few weeks earlier when Jesus announces that he's going to go raise Lazarus from the dead, 11th chapter of John, the other disciples say, no, you can't go because the Jews of late are angry and they're going to stone you. But Thomas, the only one of the 12, says, no, let's go. I want to die for him. Let us die for him. It's Thomas that confesses that. The word believe in the New Testament doesn't just mean that we're thinking that Jesus exists or knowing that he exists, knowing that he's a person, having some kind of notion however compelling that he is the Christ, it means to put my full trust in him. All of my faith. And so there's Thomas putting his faith in Jesus. And John writes, the others are having trouble doing it. How many here have put your faith in Jesus? You don't have to raise your hand if you didn't. It's all right. How many here put your lack of trust in Jesus at times? <laughs> My hand stays raised. I can relate to both sides of that equation. You can too. But think about it. This is Thomas who was ready to lay his life down for Jesus. And then he sees the cross and what happens on the cross. His Savior's body only he doesn't know it's a Savior yet. Not truly, not in full revelation. His Savior's body filleted open, pierced through the side, cut through the hands, suffering, and I believe he was literally naked on the cross, just as the scripture says. 
Thomas is one of the disciples that scatters when he sees his Savior on the cross. So this is Thomas that was well, ready to lay his life down for Jesus. Put expectations on the Savior, how he would manifest himself in his life and in his generation's life and in future generations. Those expectations were defied by what Jesus did and he's having a meltdown. I call him fearful, Thomas, because he's afraid to put his trust in Jesus, the one that has hurt him, or so he thinks. Don't raise your hands. It's everybody here. You don't have to. We've all been hurt at different times. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to move the way he wants to move, we start to see, oh, I am not putting my trust in Jesus like I have. I should be. The resurrection that took place needs to come alive in my heart more. Because if I was putting my trust in Jesus, I would realize that he's Emmanuel, God that's present with us right now in the moment of the situation that's defying my expectations of how God would move in his goodness. He's still good. Thomas is about to get that revelation and his fear is about to be overcome. Verse 26. Eight days, so the next Sunday, his disciples were again inside. This time Thomas with them. I'm going to pause. I just want to release a prophetic word again in the name of Jesus. We're not supposed to be forsaking the assembling of the saints. There's a place of commanded blessing that was quoted earlier, and unity, when brethren dwell together in unity. When two or three are gathered together, whether it's two or three, 20 or 30, 200 or 300, or thousands, he is there in the midst. And in that abiding place, he pours out. I want to encourage you and honor you just being here today, however frequently you go to church, you're doing the right thing. There's a special portion of what he wants to pour out when we are together in him. And he's doing it in our midst. Lord, I bless that encounter that you want to have for each of us as we're gathered corporately in your name. In Jesus' name. So Thomas is with them. Jesus again comes in. The door's being shut. And stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Fearful Thomas becomes faithful Thomas. There's been a lot of times in my Christian journey as a son of God where I have felt overwhelmed by the situation. And there's been times where I've believed the lie that I'm not good enough for the battle that's in front of me. 
I say it's a lie. It's true. I cannot do it in my own strength, and neither can you. I say it's a lie because it stops there. The truth is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I feel like that's what the encounter, some of what the encounter of Jesus is doing in our midst this morning. Where we felt limited from past failures defining us, from past sins leaving our hearts in shame, from ways that certain situations have opened an inroad to anxiety and fear in our hearts. He's wanting to encounter us in a way that lets go of those identities. I'm no longer condemned in Christ. I'm no longer fearful because his love fills my heart. I'm no longer inadequate because his grace abounds to me and through me. I can pick up the stone, the little stone, and slay the giant because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That's a revelation that he wants to pour out in our hearts. It's not the giant that we define. It's the giant that he defines. And when we're in the battle that we're supposed to be in, the victory is ours. The Lord fights for us and we hold our peace. Pastor Sherlin mentioned the growth that's going on in our church. My prayer is that it happens throughout this region because he has blasted me. He has blasted me with a burden for this region. It increases and increases. This is a promised land he wants to shine his light through. And it's not just this church, it's every church. But he's using this church as an example in many ways. Would I be lying to you if there weren't little thoughts of anxiety that have come in? But because I'm encountering him, because I'm spending time with him, my worship time is taken off. <laughs> there used to be times where I was bored in worship, but it's an encounter with him in that time, praising him, and he inhabits the praises. The prayer times have taken off. And so those anxieties about growth, and what are we going to do? People come to me and say, what are you going to do? <laughs> honestly, honestly, complete peace. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a freedom for you in that, brothers and sisters. There's a freedom to just let go and let God. And the beauty about being in a house gathered together is that, yes, I have blind spots, and yes, you do too. But he uses each other. He uses all of us, the eyes all around, to help Take care of those blind spots. Thank you, elder team, trustee team, and everybody here for covering me in so many ways. I return the favor in the name of Jesus. Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. questions about 
what does the resurrection really mean? What, what does it really mean? Am I, am I really victorious? Is it really for me? He's saying, yes, it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His job, his mission, his love, his truth is not to condemn us, not to pound us. That's the enemy. It's to set us free. And free indeed. The compulsions that we once had to do sin, to be sin, get let go by his grace. It's real. Seeing is believing becomes seeing is believing when the heart is made new. The alcoholics among us that have been saved and healed and delivered, the drug addicts among us that have been saved, healed, and delivered, the addicts looking at things online (laughs) that shouldn't, shouldn't be, saved, healed, and delivered by the resurrection power of Jesus. God sees us in our loneliness. He sees us in our private places. And he's saying, I want to encounter you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There's a commanded blessing from Jesus for those of us that haven't seen the resurrected Christ in physical form, but would yield our hearts and say, Lord, I give you my life. And he would come in in a new and fresh way. True confessions I need this every day. (laughs) I do. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Give us our daily bread. Man does not live by bread alone in the natural, but every word that proceeds from the Father. And when he speaks to our hearts, it's like the resurrected Christ is coming up and alive. And I'm starting to see with the eyes of my heart. And I'm starting to believe in a stronger, more pure trust. My marriage I just feel to testify my marriage is so much better. If Becky were here, she would nod her head. (coughs) (coughs) It's because I've traded the fear and the expectations that I've put on what marriage should be. Growing up in a Christian home, (laughs) having good expectations but still limiting it in the prison of my own expectations built on past disappointments and past rejections and past pain. But as I've given my heart to Jesus with these encounters, you, come on, many of you have experienced these encounters with the Holy Spirit that he promised. It's that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in us. I've given my life to him in those encounters. I've surrendered the trust, the belief as the Bible speaks of belief, putting my complete trust in Jesus. 
it brings a security and a safety into the house as a head of the household. Marriage is great. <laughs> it's blessed. Happy Easter. <laughs> Jesus name. Do I believe? Do I trust Jesus? Like I should. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, the Gospel of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. If you would, stand to your feet. If the Holy Spirit is on you and you need to stay seated, that's fine. Or if you just can't, let us pray for you. We're healing today. He's revealing to our hearts that the expectations that we put on life based on the past, based on our experiences, lead to a dead end. But when we put our trust in him and let him divide the expectations, his resurrection life comes alive and we're filled with life. Father, we just bless what you're speaking to our hearts. We thank you that you are speaking to each one here today. Thank you for your grace that's opened up our ears to hear what you're speaking. Some of us are, are, are hearing as he's encountering us with his voice, with, his, with an impression, with a thought, even a vision, something more elaborate. And some of us are just getting one-word things like love, peace, joy that are coming from him. Lord, I thank you. Thank you so much, Jesus, for making it possible Thank you, Jesus, for making it possible for us to exchange the heaviness for your joy. To exchange the dead-end path that we're on for life. To exchange anxiety for peace. Fear for love. Mercy and compassion for unforgiveness. being defeated to being a victor through your blood, Jesus. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come back up if you would. The Spirit of God is here. And this message that I just shared is from God but it's, it's really just a small part of what he's doing in our midst. It really is. He is meeting every heart if we let him. Testimonies from the first service, healing of, of pain, healing of hearts, 
I won't go into too much detail. (laughs) Really happening. feel him saying and this is this I'm going to close with this and I'm just going to invite you to come forward if you'd like prayer I'm also going to invite ministry team to move around the room if for some reason you don't feel like coming forward we'll find you but I want to encourage you to come forward because sometimes that act of faith that act of faith is what breaks the enemy's hold it's what breaks the pride and the fear of man I don't want to admit that I'm going to go forward I don't want to admit to anybody else that I need Jesus or that I'm weak in some area. That's just a lie of pride. As you come forward, that faith, faith even as a mustard seed, breaks the heavy yoke. Faith in Jesus. But this is what I'm going to share and then I'm going to let you come. Sometimes we think it's a process and we're all in a process, but sometimes we think it's only a process of healing that's going to take place that's going to heal our hearts or heal our bodies. But he is the Lord who heals, draws near the brokenhearted, does not leave us orphans, binds up our wounds. He's the Lord that by his stripes we're healed. He's the Lord that takes every burden carries our griefs and sorrows, takes them upon himself, and he's the Lord that does it when we let him. And so, Father, I pray right now that there would just be an atmosphere of safety only possible by you, Holy Spirit, an atmosphere of peace for us to let go of the things that have held us back, bondages, past things, present things, future worries, atmosphere of safety in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, moving in your peace and your grace, we welcome you to move in a way that causes us to let go of our bondages, let go of the heaviness, and take on your life, your light, Just come forward if you'd like prayer.